we became acquainted really before I realized it. I found out later. Talk about a lifelong friend when you've been a friend with them longer than you remember, and not just because you're old and can't remember. But his name is Jay, and we had a lot of contact early on. And as happens, and especially since I moved around a little bit, there were some times when uh, there wasn't really contact, and we didn't have internet, we didn't have phones, uh, you know, cell phones. I know, I'm old. And, um, but there were periodic moments where I made contact back with Jay and found out he was always trying to get a hold of me. And it wasn't until uh, high school that uh, we got really, really close. The interesting thing is we got close because of how he reached out to me at one of the lowest points in my life because I had made some really poor, stupid decisions. Anybody else have some of those from your teenage years? The rest of you are just lying. <laughs> and um, we got a lot closer. And the, the thing that always stood out about Jay is it didn't matter how long it had been since I had made contact with him. It, he, he was just always, you know, we're together. We're here pick up as if, you know, nothing had changed. And even after one incident in particular that involved me sitting in a jail cell, Jay didn't abandon me like some did. Which made me listen a lot closer to what he had to say and his advice. And in fact, a few months after that, we became really close. My friend's name is actually not Jay, it's Jesus. And it was at that point, near the end of my senior year in high school, when I just accepted who he was. And what he had in forgiveness and salvation. Then I realized how much he had been with me all those other years. Even when I pretended he didn't exist. Even when I walked away. Even when I tried to hide. He never stopped reaching out to me. Here's the best news. He's doing the same for you. Doesn't matter which side of accepting him you're on. He loves you. It doesn't matter whether you've acknowledged him or not. He's still reaching out for you. And if you pay attention, you'll realize he's been doing it your whole life. 
This morning, what we're looking at in this series that's going to be the whole year, <laughs> that it's time. And this morning might be one of the most important, if not the most important one of the whole series. Because it's time to do a lot of stuff. It's no coincidence that the ladies started their exercise program the first week of January. Right? We get past and we make all those New Year's commitments. It's no coincidence that I started to study on making and breaking habits in January. Because we're all a little more open to it at that time. As if that's the only time <laughs> that we need to do that. But no matter when it is or where it is, Jesus is available. And this morning, I just want you to realize that it's time to be forgiven. And it's time to forgive some other people. Forgiveness is powerful. When somebody tells you they forgive you, it is powerful. It's also powerful when we refuse it. To either receive it or give it. Because unforgiveness in a relationship, any relationship, will destroy the relationship. It's time to be forgiven. It's time to forgive. I have no idea how far we're going to get this morning. And I'm trying not to care about that. But if you have your Bibles, I invite you, and there's some Bibles underneath the seats in front of you. Two places we're going to take a look. One is in 1 John chapter 1, and coincidentally, it's right in front of 2 John, in case you're not sure where it is. It's real near the back. Get to Revelation and go left. And we're also taking a look in Matthew, otherwise known as the first of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. Verses 12 through 15. But in 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
But if we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. In Matthew chapter 6, this is in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It just means a sermon Jesus gave gave while he was on the mountaintop. And he is teaching on prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's probably more appropriately called the Disciples' Prayer. And at the end of that prayer, beginning at verse 12 of Matthew 6, it says, And forgive us our debts or trespasses or sins, depending on your translation, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is a big deal. Without forgiveness, we're lost personally, and we will lose relationships. Make sure you got that. Without forgiveness, we're lost personally. And without forgiveness, we will lose relationships with others. It's time to be forgiven. And it's time to forgive. 1 John 1.9 If... We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The key is that he is faithful and just and he forgives. It is a faithfulness that you can count on that if you accept his forgiveness, you got it. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to take a class on it. You don't have to be a member of anything. You don't have to take a pledge. You just say yes to receive it. It's time to be forgiven and to forgive. For you see, forgiveness is available to you. It's already here. You don't have to wonder about it. Both those passages we read indicates that. There's also, if you go into later in the Gospels and read about Jesus' crucifixion, where on the cross, while nailed there after being beaten nearly to death, people spitting on him, his own disciples abandoning him, he looked out and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness is already available to you. It's time to be forgiven. You don't have to wonder this morning if it's available for you. Because one of the lies that we often believe is, well, he'll forgive them, not me. In fact, Satan's whispering that to some of you right now. Say, that doesn't apply to you because, and he starts rolling back through your mind, all that stuff in your life. There was a time where I believed that. But my friend Jesus never gave up on me and he hasn't given up on you. 
Forgiveness is available to you. It's already been offered. And here's a great thing for you to realize. It has been personalized. It is not just this generic blanket forgiveness. It has your name on it. You can read that scripture that says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins and say, if Dennis forget, confesses his sins, he's forgiven. And put your name in there. Because it's personalized. The beauty of the gospel is how personal it is. Before you were born, it was given to you with your name on it. But you must accept it. Just because it's been given doesn't mean you've accepted it, right? You've been given stuff before that you never opened. So you really didn't get it. The same is true with God's forgiveness. If you haven't opened it, in other words, if you haven't said yes, you haven't received it. It's there. It's available. It's personalized. It's got your name on it. But you've got to accept it. I love one of my favorite authors, and even guys speaking, is a guy by the name of Bob Goff. Um, he's one of the best storytellers I've ever listened to. And he's one of those guys you're listening to the story and laughing sometimes. And then you go, oh, wow. That was big. His first book was called um, Love Does. And part of the rationale behind it was he said, I got tired of doing Bible studies where all we did was study it and didn't do it. Because he said, when I look at it, God's love does stuff. We don't just learn stuff. And I think he changed his Bible studies, the title of them, to Bible doings. He said, we don't need to study much more. We need to do more of what we've already studied. But he tells the story. They found out that their child was coming, their daughter, as it turned out. And before she was even born, he wrote a note forgiving her. In fact, I love this. He said, I wrote a note forgiving her for getting into an accident and crashing our car. She hadn't even been born yet. So he was projecting this on her. But he wrote the letter put it in a jar, sealed the jar, and buried it in the backyard of his house. His daughter is born, and it's awesome. 17 years later, she crashed the family car. In the conversation with her, he said, there's something you need to do. And he handed her a shovel. And gave her the approximate coordinates of where he had buried this jar without telling her what it was. Now, the problem for some of us, if we'd have done that, we'd have gone, now, where did I put that? <laughs> Either he or, as he calls her, his sweet Maria, his wife, remembered. 
directed her there. And his daughter dug up this jar. He said, now open it and read what's inside. And she opened it up and it was addressed to her with her name on it. And it said on this date, before she was even born, I want you to know I've already forgiven you for crashing the car. There's a jar buried with your name on it. And Jesus Christ wrote it. And it says, I've already forgiven you. And you can fill in what for. How awesome is that? It's time to be forgiven. It's time for some of you to dig the jar up. It's time for some of you to not just read that letter that he has given to you, but to believe it. See it with your name on it. Hear it with your experience in it. Because not all of our letters are the same. Because we've all done different stuff. But the message is the same. I already forgave you. Why would you ever stick it back in the jar, seal it up, and bury it? Could you imagine if Bob's daughter, upon reading that, threw it back in the hole and kicked dirt back over it? That's what some of us have done with the gospel. Either because we didn't believe it was for us, or we didn't believe we were worthy to receive it. But you see, he's the one who's worthy and he's the one who's given it. Forgiveness is already available to you. And you need to realize forgiveness never fails. 1 John 1.9, if you confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. I call that our spiritual driver's license. You know, the interesting thing, and I, I've shared this with some of you. You see a 16-year-old who got their driver's license for the first time? There are two things you know about them. One, they have keys in their hands. Because they want you to see that they have keys in their hand, and they want you to ask about it. If these go flying off, Amy's in trouble down here. And if we know them, we have a tendency to tease them and go, I don't think so. I don't think you have your license. And then they reach in. They probably don't have a big fat wallet like this, but they reach in and pull it out. And say, see, I got it. I'm licensed. It is normal after accepting Christ and his forgiveness for us to have doubts or for others to go, I don't think so. 
I've had this discussion with God. I don't know why he hasn't taken me up on this, but I really think that once you pray to receive Christ and accept his forgiveness, he ought to mail you a license so that you could flash it or put a tat somewhere on you and say, see, I got it. Well, you know what? He already mailed it. If you confess That means receive what he has offered. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's your spiritual driver's license. When you start to doubt it, you just go back and read that verse. Memorize it. Write it on some cards and stick it all over the place. Just not on the windshield of your car. And look at that and say, have I accepted it? Have I confessed? If the answer is yes, then you are forgiven. You've received it. You don't have to wonder about it. His forgiveness never fails because he is faithful. One of the greatest characteristics of Jesus Christ and God our Father is faithfulness. We don't have to wonder. We have all kinds of other things that let us down, right? Sometimes these things let us down. Sometimes the things we stick these things in let us down. Sometimes others let us down. But Jesus Christ never fails. God has been faithful. He is and he will be. So God's forgiveness never fails. He's faithful and he loves you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son to us that we might have life, have it everlasting. God's faithfulness shows up in his forgiveness. Now, we have to also understand this, because I said it's time to be forgiven, and it's also time to forgive. And there's two huge categories we need to forgive. The first is us. Some of you, that's the hardest person for you to forgive is yourself. But as I told someone this week when I met with them, If you can't forgive yourself, you're putting yourself above God. God, who created the universe and all of us, has forgiven us. And you think you're more important than him? How could you not forgive yourself if he's forgiven you? The second is other people. It's time for some of you to wrestle through that stuff on forgiving yourself and believing that he's forgiven you. And for a bunch of you, it's time for you to let go of some stuff and forgive someone else. Because if you don't, your relationship is not going to make it. Unforgiveness will destroy our relationships. We're called to forgive others. Matthew 6, we looked at this from the Lord's Prayer. 
Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven others, our debtors, those who have done stuff against us. Verse 14, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. What that means is, I can't accept it if I can't give it. It's not possible for me to receive God's forgiveness when I'm still holding on to bitterness against someone else. My hands are full. I got to let go of the one to receive the other. Say, you don't know what they've done to you. You are exactly right. I don't. But I know what they did to Jesus. And he still forgave. And we are admonished over and over in scripture to forgive just like we've been forgiven. In fact, we must forgive. Because if we don't, our salvation is at risk. And I don't want to risk my salvation. It's too awesome, not just for here, but for eternity. What could anybody have done to me to make me risk my salvation what could anybody have done to you to make you risk your eternal salvation so how do we get there these are some steps to forgiveness and I want you to understand they apply personal and in giving Number one, confess the need for forgiveness. Your own need, if you haven't. And the need to forgive someone else. Be careful that you don't pray about them. This is about you. Second, pray to receive forgiveness. Because as we already said... If I'm going to give it, I've got to receive it. And I can't receive it unless I also give it. Pray to receive it. Number three, believe that it is done. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. And not long after that, he said, it is finished. He wasn't just talking about breathing his last While here before his resurrection, he meant this idea of forgiveness. It is finished. You need to believe it's done because he's faithful. He's just. He will do his part. And if you've done that, you then need to live in forgiveness. You need to live as if you're forgiven because you are. To know I'm forgiven is so freeing. That Thursday night on spring break of my senior year, when I gave up my fight and said yes, 
was such an awesome feeling. Now, I have to confess, all my problems didn't go away. Because when I looked in the mirror, it was still me. And I knew me. Hi, my name's Dennis. I have a tendency to mess up. God forgives anyway. We need to live in the forgiveness. Get 1 John 1, 9 and just make that your mantra. That's your spiritual driver's license. It's what can drive you to forgive others as well for two reasons. One, for your own soul and two, for theirs. And then last, repeat as needed. Kind of like a spiritual shampoo. Lather, rinse, repeat. Accept, give it, and repeat. Because you're going to need to keep repeating this, right? Because stuff's still going to happen. People are still people. Even forgiven holy people don't always act holy. It's time to be forgiven. It's also time to forgive. I'm going to ask you to stand as we close. And this morning, as we finish, it's time. It's time to be forgiven and it's time to forgive. It's time to forgive yourself, realizing God has. And it's time to forgive somebody else, probably. And it's time. I think today it's time. What will you do? Before I pray a prayer of closing, I'm just going to ask this. If this morning is when you say yes to being forgiven... Or if this morning's the time you say yes to forgiving someone else or even yourself. I'm going to ask you to admit that and do something that is countercultural. That is step out and by way of doing that, confessing, I need this. For yourself. Or you need to forgive someone else. I'm just going to ask you to step out from where you are and just come up front. No judgment happening, but an acknowledge of receiving forgiveness and committing to giving forgiveness. So we'll play some music or something to make it a lot easier. Forgiveness isn't easy, but it sure is necessary. So I'm just going to wait for a moment. And if this is the time for you, just come forward. It's time. Oh, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us. 
thank you for calling us to forgive others as well. I pray especially for these that have stepped out. It took courage to do that. And for those that are still coming, Lord, I just pray that as they lay down whatever they're carrying and pick up your forgiveness, as they let go of some unforgiveness, they maybe right now can't even fathom forgiving that person, but they know they need to. Speak to their heart. Lord, may they feel your presence, your forgiveness, your awesome and overwhelming love. Lord, begin to free their soul right now. Acknowledge that they've been forgiven and give them the courage to believe it so that they also pass it on. Oh Lord, I pray not just for these that have gathered, but for some who are gripping that chair in front of them tightly right now because they know they need to. They know they need to accept it or give it. Follow them this week with your Holy Spirit until they say yes. Lord, guide those of us that know you as our personal Savior to lift these up who've stepped forward. May we come alongside, encourage, join with them. And Lord, this week, may you give us many reminders of your forgiveness to us and our need to forgive as each day passes. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done, and for what you're about to do as we leave here to go show and share this forgiveness with the world. In Jesus' powerful and awesome name, I pray these things. Amen.